Hey there, and welcome to the Anim Dojo podcast. My name is Tom Box, co-founder of Anim Dojo. And if you don't know what Anim Dojo is, our mission is to give everyone a helping step up the career ladder in the animation and VFX industries, regardless of your age, location, wealth, or time availability. And if you're new to this podcast, it's to help with that mission too. We have interviews and discussions with animation professionals to give actionable advice to help you conquer your career in animation. We recorded this podcast in early March when we got back from the fantastic Move Summit in Edinburgh. And when we were there, we spoke to some of the legendary animators like James Baxter. And that conversation is coming up in this podcast where he gives some invaluable, actionable tips so you can one day be a master of animation like James's. Now, we also talk about why over the last year, it's been a little bit quiet on the Anim Dojo front. And that's because we've been busy building a brand new website, which is very exciting. And we hope it will really help you achieve your animation career goals. But since we recorded this podcast in early March, the world has sadly turned somewhat upside down from coronavirus. And as Anim Dojo is all about helping people who might be struggling, we decided the best way that we can do that is by trying to get something positive out of a very negative situation. Therefore, we've decided to make Anim Dojo entirely free whilst people are in lockdown. So we've scrapped all subscription fees until July 2020. So please, please do make use of it. So let's crack on with the podcast. Hello. Hello, Hello. everyone. Hey. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done another Anim Dojo podcast, but we're, we're back with a bang. Uh, so who have we got around the table? Uh, Kate Gascoigne. I'm a community manager at Anim Dojo and a recruiter at Blue Zoo. And I'm Vader Badrudin. I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Anim Dojo, and I'm currently a senior animator at Framestore. And I'm Grace Hebditch. I'm a marketing coordinator for Blue Zoo and Anim Dojo. Excellent. So uh, we're doing a new podcast. It's been a while. I think the last podcast was in August 2018, so over a year ago. So it's about time we did a new one. But uh, in this podcast, we're doing some interviews because we're at Move Summit, So, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, is an incredible animation and VFX festival in Edinburgh every February. And you should go. But we chatted some uh, fantastic, uh, ex- very experienced animators there. So we've got some interviews to share. Um, but before that, yeah. it's been a while. <laughs> it has. What, what's happened? I don't know. It's been since August 2018 was the last one. Uh, and since then, we've been working on Anim Dojo, developing a brand new website for you guys with all of the feedback that you've given back to us, keeping busy uh, at Blue Zoo and with all the new things going on. So, yeah, I guess we've just been really busy. Yeah, It's been a very busy year. Yeah. I can't believe it's blown by so quickly actually yeah 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 i mean I, i've sort of been i think during from that time just a bit maybe a few months before that i, I sort of switched to frame store to vfx and i just kind of laid low and just really kind of you know learning and just absorbing everything and it's been an, an you know an, a really exciting journey it's been really tough at times but you know you you can never stop learning is the way I see it. You know, you get to a certain point and you think, well, I know everything, but then you just try a different company, different project, you know, different different part of the industry and you can quickly be humbled and realize what you're lacking and how much you need to pr- practice. So, you know, it's what we do at Adam Dojo anyway. And, you know, 
it's just been really cool. Yeah. And before you went to obviously Frame Studio, you'd only really done kind of cartoony yeah. animation. And now you're doing VFX animation, which I guess you kind of seen how different that is, which you do. Because I think before we were talking about, you know, you could make yeah. Anim Dojo uh, more applicable for VFX animation. And I thought, oh, we could apply the checklist to that. But then... But no, it's, it's, it's a different beast altogether. I mean, there are things that you can apply in the sense that there are very basic principles that, that can transfer over, whether it's timing and, you know, appeal, uh, things that, that are natural to animation as a whole in a very general sense. But the workflow is, is almost the opposite of what we say to do. So you kind of need to really... It's part of the, part of the, the, the reason why this is also very exciting is that it's kind of helping you sort of rethink what are ways that we can incorporate that same mentality from the checklist and kind of find a way to bring that into, you know, the effects and, and, and teaching people a simple way of how to apply that information. So you need to kind of, you know, just be thrown deep in and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a nice segue into the new Anim Dojo website, yeah. which we're uh, now <laughs> launching and, and testing out. Because um, I think the, the biggest change from the old Anim Dojo website, which was Anim Dojo, it, is was all about just cartoony mm-hmm. CG character animation. And then we were thinking there's actually so many more people that can help kind of up up their career game. At so many different and levels as at well. At so many different levels, yeah. yeah. When before it was more aimed at kind of entry level mm-hmm. doing cartoon animation. But then the old website didn't really have a way without making things really confusing mm. to do kind of to branch those uh, different dis- branch into those different disciplines so now we've actually completely kind of scrapped the old website and and been spending the last year or so since the last podcast building a new website and i think the the main thing which makes it quite unique is the fact that it's all based on job titles so the whole website split into different rooms and every room is based on a job title such as junior 3d animator or junior kind of vfx creature animator and then with that, there can be kind of a community in each room. So you can have questions and answers based on that job title and live streams based on that job title. Uh, it's also got which studios employ that kind of uh, job role, uh, which studios have got vacancies and all those kind of challenges. So it's, it's kind of everything we wanted Anim Dojo to be originally, but spanning into lots of different uh, job titles, but not just junior ones we've got ambitions to do kind of like directing rooms as well. Yeah, it's like a nice platform now that we can use for pretty much any part of the industry if we wanted to explore. So even though we are starting with uh, cartoony animation and creature animation, there's nothing stopping us from doing something that focuses purely on modeling or something that's just storyboarding or something that's even, you know, concept art. Yeah. And... The great thing is that the way that it's been put together now is you can focus on either that section of the website and just say, I'm going to just do that. Or you can, if you're not sure what you want to do, you can dip your toe in a bunch of places. But it's nice that you can have multiple streams going on. It's not going to be just sort of that one focused, narrow path. It's going to be kind of opening up now to multiple sort of parts of the industry. And there's a huge amount we can do as well that it's not not built into the current website so it's really exciting the, the things we we can do that now we have that uh, that new kind of platform based website uh and the, that 
the original goal of being able to help anyone kind of um, step up that career ladder, yeah. no matter of where they are. And that's really been the, the, the foundation for everything around the website, but taking it into lots of different areas. So it's really exciting to, to launch that and uh, get everyone hopefully on the new website and playing around with it and letting us know if it works. Hopefully yeah. it's better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, that would be a big anticlimax, yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, so the new website is beta.animdojo.com if you want to log in and sign up. I'm sure if this was on YouTube, you'll be able to find the link at the bottom as well. Yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. So, uh, so should we listen to an interview? So we, the first interview we got is uh, we chat to Bruce Wright, who is uh, an effects animator at Disney Animation Studio in California. Uh, and he's also recently directed Disney's second VR short film called A Kite's Tale. So let's listen to what he had to say. Right, I'm recording. So hello, Bruce Wright. Hello. <laughs> um, can you tell us what you're doing here? Move yeah, some. so uh, I'm showing uh, a three-minute animated short film we created for virtual reality at the Walt Disney Animation Studios as part of an experimental program. It's called A Kite's Tale, and um, it incorporates hand-drawn animation and computer graphics animation to tell the story of two kites. They're very different. Like One's this amazing, beautiful dragon kite, but he's like really pompous and full of himself. And then there's this cute little puppy kite, right? Which is like a, a flat, diamond-shaped kite like a child might make. And there's a little drawing of a, of a dog on the front of the kite. And through animation, we bring that dog to life with hand-drawn animation. Yeah, I love the way you've used that because usually in, um, in doing VR animation, it's very tricky to have that kind of 2D drawn aesthetic, but you kind of incorporated it in it quite uh, beautifully and yeah. by having it on the kite. Oh, thank you. Well, we wanted to do kind of two different worlds of animation, right? Hand, hand drawn and computer graphics together to yeah. tell this story and have kind of kind of these two different characters and at first they don't get along and eventually they're going to get their strings tangled up together and they're going to have to learn to live with each other. Yeah. Well, so you're a, a director at Disney. So, so no, I'm normally uh, an effects animator at Disney. Okay. So like my main job at Disney is to do effects animation on films like Frozen okay. 2 and Ralph Rex the Internet and stuff like that. Right. Um, but we have this experimental program at Disney called Short Circuit where anybody within the animation studio can pitch their idea for an animated short film and if it gets greenlit you get a team and the time to make it. Yeah. So how did this kind of this this VR medium kind of uh, how is it a different uh, approach? How do you find it compared to the traditional animation? Well, it's, it's 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 very exciting because I I feel like it Animation and VR naturally go together. Like, VR is very hard to do live action well because the cameras are still getting developed who can, that can tell live action stories well in VR. But animation is kind of a native format for virtual reality. So you can create animation and put a, an audience member within your story in virtual reality and they get it immediately. Like yeah. there's no translation. It just works within VR. And so I was like really excited. It's like how do we tell an animated story that would be very much like a Disney animated story but in virtual reality? Yeah, and you've kind of quite delicately balanced kind of like the, the what resisted having to look around a lot, which is quite... Which a lot of VR things kind of try right. and force you to look all... We didn't all. want to make it like a tennis match that you yeah. have to keep turning your head in order to follow, right? We wanted a story that... We, 
so I, I figure uh, this is a lot of people, this might be a lot of people's first time they tried VR if yeah. I show them this film. And so we wanted to feel, them to feel like they're in good hands, yeah. that, that there was no wrong way for them to watch the film. Like if they're watching the film, they don't want to feel like, like yeah. they're like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm missing yeah. it out. I'm missing out. There's a challenge. I didn't want like a challenge curve to watch the show, right? Just like, just be in there, experience it. Every every view in my like I was at a philosophy that every view within my film is valid, right? It's a valid way to experience the story. If you're looking one way or the other, both are fine, right? You yeah. could look behind you, and for your experience, it's a valid experience of the story, right? Yeah. That's uh, excellent. And so, where did the um, the idea come from for the short? Oh, the short? Yeah. Oh, well, I was just trying to figure out what would be a good story to tell in VR, yeah. right? So I was like, you know, so I had some philosophy of storytelling in VR, and it's not like these aren't rules of VR, but they're like my own philosophy for VR. Um, and one of my philosophies is that a VR story should take place in a, a someplace amazing because you're asking the viewer to go somewhere, yeah. right? So I wanted to be somewhere positive and somewhere you couldn't visit in reality, right? So it takes place up in the clouds, right? You're and we don't want you to feel like you could fall, right? So we have a nice cloud for that you're standing on, right? So you're kind of like Mary Poppins; you can stand safely on a cloud. You look down; there's a little cloud there. You feel safe, but you're up there with these kites, right? I always felt like. When you're flying a kite, you have a boring job, yeah. and the kite's having all the fun, right? You're just standing holding a string, and the kite's flying, right? So I wanted to give the opposite feeling. I wanted to put you up there with the kites and having that fun, that yeah. feeling of, of soaring and, and, and embodying that emotion of joy and friendship that flying a kite, you know, it yeah. is. Right? I love the way you've got the fan here as well. So when yeah. you're doing experience, you get getting the... The wind, yeah. So we have a yeah. So we have a fan right right here. So we're watching the film. You feel you feel like the breeze up in the clouds. Yeah. yeah. And I guess normally when you when you show a film for the first time, it's quite nerve wracking with the audience viewing it. How was yes. how's that compared to VR? How, watching people. Well, what's funny is it's like one person at a time, yeah. right? Uh, and you get to watch them watch the film. And so not only can you can see what they're looking at because the screen shows you. Oh, okay, they're looking at the puppy kite right now. Yeah. Um, but also you get to see the look on their face. So you're watching them watch the film. You see them smile. You see them get excited as they're flying uh, up through the clouds. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know, it's its really, I don't know, it's like an individual filmmaking yeah. Yeah, experience, yeah. which is not, it? yeah, it's not its not the same as a movie theater full of people yeah. all watching the film. That's a different feeling. It's a also a very emotional feeling. But it's really fun to just see, oh, okay, here's this person. I am showing this person this movie we made, and then I get to see how they like it. It's really cool. Excellent. So do you have any advice of anyone who wants to kind of follow a similar path if they're starting out in the industry, how they might kind of approach doing a similar kind of thing? I I mean, mean, try to surround yourself with other people who want to do cool stuff too um, and collaborate. Like, just start making stuff. Don't try to get everything lined up before you make stuff. Just start making even little things because kind of production begets more production, right? If you make something, then people will go, oh, this person's cool. I want to work with them, right? And and you'll get people as long as you just keep actually making stuff, even simple stuff like, oh, I want to make whatever, make a 10-second animation, right? Make a movie over the weekend, a live-action movie over the weekend, you know, with your phone. Yeah. And, And then make another one and then make another one and make it a routine and 
you'll get people who yeah. believe with you in what you're making. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, Bruce. Thanks. There we go. Felt like <laughs> felt like you were there in yes. Edinburgh. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could because uh, I I couldn't make it. So it's it's also you know good experience for me as well. It feels like you you know get to really hear what they had to say and so yeah, yeah, really cool. It was a really beautiful film as well because, um, like Tom said, there was a fan mm. and um, you were transported up into the clouds and you were seeing the two flat the two kites. Um, uh, in front of you, kind of um, again, like Tom said, you were guided your eye line which way to look, mm. and um, the fan was blowing quite cold air. Yeah. Like you were, <laughs> it was you really were getting cold, cold. <laughs> so it actually felt like you were super high up. Yeah, it's now, amazing. I've sort of been toying with with VR as well at home with the kids, and um, uh, I've got a friend of mine as well. Like we we sort of sometimes play sort of multiplayer games where we can experience it, and I, I'm just so fascinated by how this technology can be used for storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like we're like right at that beginning of it. It's just, there's so much that can be done with it. It's That's exciting. a lot of potential. So. Yeah. And I think what's nice about uh, A Kite's Tale was the fact that it was just so nice and relaxing. And a yeah. lot of VR, they kind of like really kind of play on the senses where there's like mm. things jumping out at you or your attention is being kind of pulled in 10 different directions. But with that, it's it really nice and soothing, which it's is a very quite different. It's a comfortable experience. Yeah. I, love, I, love, I, love the, um, I love the expression when he said that every angle, every view is valid because yeah. it nice. that's a very, yeah, it's a very true thing that, you know, I do sometimes when I am in a VR, you know, whether it's a game or an experience, you do sometimes feel slightly like you're missing out. Yeah. If you're not doing the right yeah, thing. You get definitely. the FOMO, don't you? Yeah. And you watch, yeah. <laughs> you watch it again, going, "Did I and did I watch the right bit of it?" And it's not a great experience to finish a short film wondering if you watched it in the right way. Yeah. Was it not yeah. scary though, being up there in the clouds? Cause no, it's, it's like so stylized and really? Disney-like that if you, it's like you said, you feel very like you're in very safe hands. So yeah. that comfort of kind of being surrounded by all of this kind of like idyllic I'd imagery. Love to see that. Yeah. You couldn't see the ground. It was all kind of just clouds wherever you could look. Exactly. Well, no. actually, Bruce, I don't know if he said it in that recording. No, he didn't say it in that recording. But um, actually, Bruce said that when you looked down, you were floating on a cloud. Um, that was part of the experience. Mm. So that you had mm. something that rooted yeah. you. But then there is yeah. a part of the... Spoiler alert. There is a part of the shot where you do... It does transport you up where you fly up even yeah. higher. Yes. And that was a really... It's always quite a brave thing to do in VR. Yes. Moving, moving people around. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that didn't f- it didn't make you feel sick, which well, was nice. It's very <laughs> gentle. Without, yes. without, without any spoilers for anyone who wants to try out a certain VR experience, there's a certain web slinger one that why I was talking about heights yeah. and that's why you know it was terrifying <laughs> yeah. well, and I've tried yeah. other VR experiences where it was so it's strange how even though everything looks quite stylized and, and rendered you can still really be transported there and you really believe yeah. you're in that place and you tell yourself I'm physically not on top of a building no but hmm. it feels like yeah. my brain tells me that I am because it's so immersive isn't it that's yeah. the most important part of it I can only imagine even. what the fan added yeah Yeah, I thought that was a really good touch it was actually embracing VR as a medium um, rather than kind of uh, just relying on the visual to transport you there it was taking advantage of another taking it to another level I guess yeah it was nice yeah, it was, uh, no, it's very cool. And it's yeah. really nice to be able to speak to Bruce just watching it and then chatting to him he was straight a cool after guy. it. He was, was a lovely guy. I loved his tips as well. Yeah. Just make yeah. stuff. Quit yeah. worrying about making stuff and make yeah. stuff. Just do it. 
Totally agree with that. Which is the an, Anim Dojo way, isn't it? It's yeah. Kind of just do something it's 10 just seconds do it. long. Yeah. Don't, don't wait for wait, making your masterpiece because you'll... I mean, even, if, it, even it. if it's wrong, even if it sucks, even if it's broken at the end, like just do it and learn from that. Even if you walk away with just one thing you learn. Like I remember the very first thing I ever did was... Uh, my my father had this camera where you can press this red button and it would snap one frame. And I was at a friend's house and he told me, hey, we can do stop motion. So we took clay and we started messing around. We spent like hours. And then when we watched it back, it took like one second and just, bloop, just zipped yeah. by. <laughs> and I was like, wow, is that how much work this is? Yeah. So, you know, just just do it. Yeah, and collaborate as well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's the best way of just everyone kind of like spurring each other on. Yeah, it's really nice to hear a man who's you know working at Disney. He's doing these things that a lot of people see as the dream. Say mm. that mm. that I mean, he didn't say anything about making mistakes. I, I feel like we're kind of adding that in, but it's implied, right? That as as yeah. much as you, as long as you make something and you learn from the mistakes that you make, that is progress. Yeah, definitely. It, don't be afraid of mistakes. Don't be afraid of my crashes. It's always better second time around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so um, so that was uh, Bruce, uh, and I don't know where you can see that short if it's available online. Well, I feel like because of the VR nature that it's well, there's there's a, there's some VR YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I don't not know sure for Disney yeah, that it would probably, be available. Have to go Open. find another animation festival. Yeah, Bruce to seems to be touring, so keep yeah. an eye. Just check, yeah, maybe that's a good way to look look for where you can watch it next. Yeah. And he has a very active Twitter. Uh, Oh yeah, that's right. So oh, okay. it's good. He'll always shout about where he's going next. Excellent. So, uh, so after we chatted to Bruce, uh, Grace chatted to James Baxter just after yeah. he did his his uh, incredible talk. It was quite the honour, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of went in not sure what to expect, and um, I came out a little intimidated to try and speak <laughs> to him after because I was so impressed by his work. Well, he's it one of the living legends of he, animation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he did Roger Rabbit, Lion King. Um, animated Bell at 23 years old, you know, just uh, standard. Yeah, 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 as you do. No yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he's I a very down-to-earth guy, though. I think it was him also who, who did Moses from Prince he of did, Egypt. He did, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the... Because there's so many 2D films that I'm crazy about from a sort of draftsmanship uh, yeah. and skill level. And not not to sort of bash anything that has come before or since, mm. but there's something about that film from a sort of draftsmanship that mm. it's almost like there's not a single frame that looks off. It just yeah. everything is just drawn perfectly, and it's just he, yeah, it amazes me. He did a few sessions at Move Summit. I sat in on. I caught the end of the the, uh, the I think it was a two hour long session he did, yeah. where he basically just got TV paint and then just did a little uh, like yeah. is it ten second animation or five second animation of a, a bear about walking 10 along. Seconds. Yeah. 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 But it's the most just lovely, relaxing thing to watch him just kind of like draw and chat yeah. and do a Q&A at the same time yeah. as just watching him make an animation. And it's like it was, it's really wanted to make you kind of go home and just start making it animations. It really inspired you to create. I was in both of his sessions all the way through both of them. And he was so inspiring to mm. watch where he was so cavalier about the fact that he was just drawing. And he would start drawing. You wouldn't even know where the lines were going, but he would just 
completely no. Yeah. He made it look effortless, didn't he? He did make <laughs> he it look really completely did. effortless, but then I guess when you've had as many years yeah. in the industry as him, if it's not effortless at that point, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. At but now point. he's not at Disney, is he? He's, he's, um, no, he's at Netflix, isn't Head he? Of he's animation. Head of animation. Yeah, yeah he was working on Klaus. He did, he did work on Klaus, yeah. 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 Now he kind of supervises for all of um, Netflix's original content, yeah. so he's kind of overseeing everybody's character animation. But interesting, we're not talking to about anything about those projects. No. Just <laughs> getting to the the meat of all of his tips, basically condensing yes. his hour long talk into into five minutes. That was the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's see what he said then. Go for it, okay. Okay. Um, I'm here with James Baxter talking about animation, 2D animation, because James has done Rafiki from The Lion King and Belle from Beauty and the Beast and that's just to name a few you did things for Prince of Egypt and How to Train Your Dragon your your catalogue's amazing yeah it's been uh, been a long career I think so far 32 years I think wow okay so um I was wondering, do you have any advice for anybody uh, like starting out early in their career? Um, because you animated Belle when you were 23, is that right? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, um, I was probably in the right place at the right time, so uh, I was fairly lucky in getting started very early. Uh, but I think one of the things I did do was um, really try and learn my craft. And for that, I kind of had to teach myself. I mean, I, I couldn't find any really good teachers until I got into the industry. Uh, but if you can find a good teacher, really like glom onto them, uh, and you can now you can actually find much better instruction online than you ever could back then. Uh, so that's also a really good resource. And there's a couple of excellent books out there. Uh, Richard Williams's book, um, Animator Animator Survival Kit, is excellent. Uh, so that's a really great resource. And the fact that uh, young kids these days can basically uh, buy programs you know, off the shelf and animate in their own bedroom if they want to. You know, you don't need a cameraman or you don't need to buy paper or you don't need to, like, do all the extra things that you used to have to do to do animation. You can do it on your, on your iPad. So those are all real advantages for people getting started right now. The other thing I would say, apart from just trying to learn how to do it, uh, is to try and be visible. So make sure you have a website that really has your work up on it. It's not a, just a blog, which is devoted to your life it's a thing devoted just to your work uh, and you've got your name on it and it's got your email address on it and you're very easy to reach so if someone from a studio is going through Instagram trying to find cool work from young people they can find it and they know how to get a hold of you uh, so being uh, having your work online in a place where, it's just easy, where you're easy to reach uh, is really good and the last thing I would say is, is be cheeky and brave uh, <laughs> to be like outgoing as far as making contacts in the industry because the more they get to know you as a person the more they can go oh yeah I, I met that kid they were great we should talk to them you know if you more you can make personal connections within the industry uh, the better and that just kind of takes being brave and reaching out uh, and like getting yourself you know without being obnoxious but getting yourself in front of people you know, as a person not just as an artist Absolutely, that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, I was just in your session and you had your top five tips for animation. Do you reckon you could just um, list off what they are and maybe just very briefly, like I understand you just did a proper yeah. over an hour session about it, but just quickly like run through it so for us. It was really kind of like five points, trying to draw, boil it down to like some of the things I think about when I animate. Uh, and in some kind of order of preference, 
uh, they were um, uh, clarity and communication, like being job number one. You have to be able to communicate with your animation. If that's it, the only failure you can really have is to fail to communicate. You know, you can do it in any kind of style. It can be like really simple or really complicated. But if it doesn't communicate what you intend, then that's the failure, right? So clarity and communication is what I think about a lot. How to communicate these ideas to the audience effectively with the poses and with the acting and with the staging and with the drawing. I also think, number two, I think about performance. Like really getting, if you're doing something meaningful and realistic, really getting inside the character and doing something from the heart. Uh, and then there's other sort of more, you know, bouncy, facile ways of doing performance for other kind of situations. But I think about performance. Uh, then there's like some technical things I think about. I think about timing and spacing, you know, really how to relate the drawings to one another so that the animation flows properly or is crisp and, uh, you know, makes sense and isn't jerky and weird. So timing and spacing. Uh, and I think about kind of the concept of inertia a lot, which is sort of basically a property of the world and it sort of implies that things have to accelerate and decelerate you know and they have to you know it takes time for things to get going and it takes time for them to stop uh, and, and that kind of thing uh, and then lastly that kind of relates to this issue of weight and balance which is like the fifth thing I talked about uh, which is really sort of the relationship between your weight and where your feet are and getting a character in and out of balance when they're moving and stopping moving to make your animation more convincing. Awesome. That was great. Um, and finally, um, obviously, you're so famous for your 2D animation. Uh, you worked on Klaus, which was such an awesome film. Um, I was wondering if, um, in this day and age, do you have any advice specifically to people who want to go into 2D? Um, well, obviously, 2D is becoming more of a, a niche technique, especially sort of in that high full-level animation, you know, like really detailed, um, lush, you know, hand-drawn animation. There's lots of hand-drawn animation for television shows, which is simpler and, and uh, done in a more simplified style. So there's lots of opportunities to work uh, in that arena, uh, mostly in places like France and Canada and, uh, you know, other countries in Europe. A little less so in the United States right now, and obviously a lot uh, in uh, Asia. Um, but I would say anyone that really loves doing hand-drawn should really pursue it, you know, to the highest level. Because there are projects out there. You know, they're a little fewer and far between than they used to be. But it's by no means dead. And it's by no means um, stopped in its progression. They keep making new advancements and, and new strides with the technique. And in some ways, I actually really prefer that it has become specialized because you find that the people that really love it want to do it uh, instead of it being the de facto technique that all animators go into now that you find the ones that really are in love with hand-drawn do it the quality is actually higher than, yeah. than it ever used to be because the ones that and go for it are the ones that really are, are in love with it yeah that's true yep. well thank you very much for that do you have any parting words um, I've really enjoyed the, the move summit it's been great I love that's being great. in Edinburgh Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So that was James yeah. and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that was uh, some uh, pretty good tips there. It's very, that was a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot condensed into mm. a few minutes. Yeah. I feel like I have to add some more to the animators checklist there. <laughs> <laughs> Five more. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really nice of him <clears throat> to really take the time to, to talk to us and to really like not just rush it and really get into it. It's really, really, you know, generous of him. 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I said that he was intimidated. No, I didn't mean he was intimidating, but I was intimidated. But when I approached him, he was so up for it. Mm. And obviously, he spent some time there just um, really giving advice. Like you say, it was so generous. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Well, he seems so passionate about it yeah. still after after being I in I think that is, <laughs> that is really one of the biggest challenges I would find. Like, the longer you're in the industry, you can easily start to, like, you know, pick up, you know, from negative experiences or whether burnout, mm -hmm. you know, many things can just make you easily, like, lose yeah. that passion. And it, it becomes you know, a grind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, I wonder if it's quite uh, kind of re-energizing the fact that 2D is having a bit of a resurgence with all of kind of Netflix's shows and stuff, if that kind of helps to, to keep that going now. There's, it's mm. uh, kind of getting very, very popular again. Well, I think... In general, I think there is a drive not just for 2D, but for something that's different to just yeah. plain old 3D. Yeah. Yes, not, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's nice to see that there is a push now for something more stylized, yeah. whether it's combining 3D with 2D or whether it's 2D alone or whether it's this stop motion that's also using lots of computer technology and... and, and, and you well, know. you saw how popular Spider-Verse was and yeah. how well-received yeah. that was because it was so unique and I think that people are kind of starting to realise that these, there doesn't have to be one mould, kind mm. of fits all. There's so many different ways to use this software to be so artistic. And I guess it also feeds in to what Bruce Wright was trying to do with the kind of like technical element of VR combined with the kind of tradition of hand-drawn animation yeah. that merged so beautifully. So I definitely think... We found that that was quite a big theme across the the whole of Move Summit as a whole. Yeah. Yes, is the kind of like constant exploration of the art form. Yeah, and another theme that's come back is the cleaner. It's, it's like it's like Bader's <laughs> old live stream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the cleaners decided to start hoovering around us. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, not, not sure not sure if you guys know what this is, but during our first couple of streams, that used to happen quite quite often. And yeah, it was uh, it just became a thing. I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Katie yeah. was one of our OG. first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounded more like <laughs> the cleaner was destroying our kitchen. Rather yeah, than you can hear <laughs> banging and smashing, and and I'm like looking over the computer. And the sirens as <laughs> well. And the sirens. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought he had some uh, some great tips as well because it is about being at the right place at the right time, um, and finding a good teacher. And I think that's part mm. of the thing with festivals is mm. you know it's going out there, being in the right place at the right time, so you get to talk to. James and people like that, yeah, and then yeah. not uh, having their confidence and uh, what did he say? Being cheeky but brave. But he spoke a lot about bravery. Yeah, yeah, especially in his talks as well. And he was really encouraging during the quick Q and A session for people to really lay it on thick with the questions mm. that he had. Mm. Um, and then afterwards, you saw how he was so active when he was being surrounded by students and before he left, you know, he knew that he was going to get swarmed, yeah. but he also invited it. He yeah. said like, please come and talk to me if there's something you want to ask, just do it. And it's really, it's really interesting yeah. that he still has that kind of drive to, to help in yeah, that way. Which is one of the biggest yeah. issues from animators because they're more often than not the introverted bunch. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so it's always a very tricky thing to get around when you're faced with a, a legend to mm -hmm. go and say introduce yourself and ask for yeah. some feedback or anything like that yeah. it's, it's even in industry even yeah. when you have a job in industry and you do networking all the time even going to James Baxter in that scenario is still intimidating so it's very helpful when I mean I find that they are just you know 
very normal people once you get yeah. to speak yeah. to them. I mean, I met Eric Goldberg at one of the um, uh, festivals, uh, was it two years ago? I can't remember what when, when exactly. Um, but to me, he was he was the reason I got into animation. You know, he animated yeah. the genie and I was just, when I saw him, I just knew I had to pass by and just say hi. Yeah. And, and I was worried at first that, you know, I would stumble and not know what to say. But, you know, I just kind of said, you know, eh, whatever, just go and say hi. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, just you know be yourself and he was very very nice very friendly and you know obviously don't overstay your welcome and don't don't be don't be weird about it but yeah i think it's it's uh you know generally it's a very helpful and friendly industry and artists are very they all know what it feels like to be in that position exactly they've all been there so there's also a lot of sympathy attached to it and that they are very happy to hear you out because they know exactly how it feels. And also, if, if they're at a festival, it's not like they yeah. went to the festival not to meet people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would be very strange, actually. Yeah. But, but I think don't be weird is quite a good... Yeah. Because like, pe- they probably get people fawning over them a lot. Just speak, yeah. speak to them like a person, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, we've an upcoming podcast we're doing on confidence... Indeed. Uh, for animators of how to kind of um, build up that confidence, especially from more of a, an introverted place. Because uh, you did a, a vlog, didn't you, ages ago, on, kind oh, of yeah. more of the, on one of our most popular ones, if you haven't uh, watched that or listened to it. It's on the AnimDojo YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, I think people still are making comments saying, you know, nice things. So, you know, thanks, It's quite guys. rare for YouTube, isn't it? <laughs> very, very rare. Um, and, yeah, just, just want to say thanks in, in general. Um, it's good to be able to, like, not have a negative reaction to you sort of opening up. You know, it's not that, yeah. not, it's not that sure. easy to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I think more people should do it. Yeah. And I think also one of his other tips I thought was quite good was about how you present yourself because obviously half of finding a job is marketing yourself because mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. people aren't going to discover you but one of the ways they can discover you is is through kind of having a, a well kind of curated instagram feed and like his kind of like don't don't take pictures of your food if you if you're trying to use your instagram as a as a job like a platform platform yeah, yeah. then then a picture of some artisan coffees not going to not going to do the that. trick. So I mean, like it's oh not yeah. it's not like Instagram makes it any easy for you to like just have two accounts on the same, yeah. you know, app. It, <laughs> it, you never used to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah you can now, yeah, yeah. But now you can. So and a lot yeah. of people do have their art account and yeah. their personal account. So you know. it's a good tip. Yeah, it is a good tip. Just, you know, um if you want to have that personal, I think it's really good to have sort of um your own rules as to how to um run your Instagram. So if you have a professional Instagram um, for example, on Blue Zoo, we tend to only really post art on the feed and more kind of people, fun photographs on the stories. So you can have your own kind of rules like that. Mm. Um, and that might be really good for keeping your professional um, profile in check and in a place that um, you think makes it look really clean and um Use it, it works friendly. better, yeah. 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 Um, something that at a glance people are attracted to. Um, yeah. Maybe even having a colour scheme because that that is really nice it mm. you've got to think about it in quite a at a glance way um it's like curate, curating it almost yeah. isn't it kind of like a, a sure. gallery kind of thing yeah. yeah do you do you use instagram much in recruiting Katie? um i have recently yeah, yeah i yeah. have i've started doing the uh, the boolean search which is where i search What's by mm. uh hashtag 
um, like titles that are used in bios and by location. That sounds like um, some advanced Instagram. So I can find yeah. you. No, it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. But it, um, at the minute, a lot of artists do post really fantastic work on on Instagram. Instagram doesn't necessarily make it super uh, easy for me to mm. to find it, but it is it is somewhere to find, I find it really fantastic ha- artwork. Yeah, I find it really helpful when I was helping out one of the art directors here at Blue Zoo mm-hmm. uh, to sort of pick people. He'd look at their portfolio and he wouldn't know what to, you know, which one to finalize. And I'd tell him, do they have an Instagram? And then he'd say, oh, I haven't, I'm not really sure. So we'd go online and we'd figure it out how to, you know, that's one thing. If you do mm-hmm. have something, make it easily accessible, yeah. you know, yeah. as, as James Baxter said. Yeah. But what, what we found was that it really tipped the scales in someone's favor always because you can tell straight away that this person, for example, has so much exploration in their art or they can do other things. And maybe they didn't pick the best work that they put in their portfolio. Obviously, yeah. that's a, a whole different topic, but it's kind of like, oh, they're even better than they... What ap- you expected. What we, yeah, yeah, so um, it's very useful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's that kind of thing of both James Baxter and Bruce Wright have mentioned it, is that and it's something I really believe in with recruitment as well, is um, the kind of like skill and opportunity. You're never lucky to get a job. You get a job from when those two mm. things meet in the middle where yeah. you're always chasing the opportunity and you're also keeping up the practice all the time. Yeah. And it's those two things running parallel because as you get better and better and more and more people know your name, that job will just 100% always come back to you. But if you're only chasing jobs but never practicing yeah. or if you're always practicing and no one knows who you are, then that's when you miss out on those opportunities. I think all there's about a balance. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, a th- I think, a third part to it that sort of I've definitely benefited from mm-hmm. and I think it's it goes to the whole being brave thing it's yeah. like you need to take chances I think sometimes yeah. you, you if, if all you want to do is follow the the safe path you might miss out on some opportunities yeah simply because you're worried that this might not pan out or I mean like you said about the 2d guys nowadays the reason that they are so good is that they are so passionate and willing to endure the fact that they might not find a project now or later and they're they're gonna jump around yes that's not uh, a, an easy way to live your life but all of that culminates into having the most amazing artists just you know simply because they are willing to take the chance and and go out there and really do and, and get what they want they're not just waiting for it to happen for them they're gonna yeah. go out and make it happen yeah which which uh, reminds me of the, the J.K. Rowling quote. I might have mentioned this on a podcast before, but it's a great quote. And she goes, uh, it's impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. <laughs> there you go. That's very, that's very <laughs> harsh. <laughs> but I, but I, I like it. But it means you just got to get out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How, could you, how could you, you know, not want to experience failure and be successful. It it's those two things just don't. You can't have no. one without the no, other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Cool. So where are we? Right. So we got <laughs> another podcast to come. The next podcast we speak to uh, Ruth Ducker, who is an amazing uh, animation series director, and uh, we spoke to her about uh, how to kind of get up to those senior positions because it's not all about entry-level routes and also to uh andrew chesworth yes who's uh been animating on 
an amazing animator who's been working on uh, those Disney films. Yeah, Klaus. he too animated on Klaus, and he also worked for Tycho, who are a yes, really interesting that's studio. Currently, working yes. At, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a freelance. Um, He's a freelance animator. Um, he was director of the um, One Small Step. Yeah, That's amazing right. short film. Yeah, 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 super beautiful. So look out for the next podcast yeah. uh, to hear what they had to, to say and what tips they had to uh, give offer. Up. Offer. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a long, that's a long word I was thinking yeah, okay. of. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so in the meantime, before that podcast, just go and check out Anim Dojo and the new site, which is beta Dojo Anim. Beta, <laughs> beta.animdojo.com. And as I said, the new site's split into four sections, networking, learning and live talks, practicing and employment to make it all nicely packaged up to help people get that dream job. There's my sales pitch. There you go. Um, but also a huge thanks to Bruce and James for uh, taking the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For that. And I hope that uh, gave some good tips to people. To it was yeah. helpful. And if, if if you know, feel free to like get in touch, email us. Yeah, you know, or like questions, anything yeah. that you'd like us to, to find the time to talk about. Yeah, on the, on the podcast, and equally, uh, if you do uh, have a look at the site, and um, if you want us to cover any live talks, we've got some uh, great live live talks scheduled coming up um, on the on the new site. Um, then send us a message on Instagram or Twitter or any medium. Yes. Reach us also please follow us on all of those <laughs> Twitter, yeah. Instagram if you already do then you're hearing from me <laughs> <laughs> excellent so until next time thanks to everyone for listening and cheers guys for chipping in <laughs> you're welcome thanks bye guys thank, thank you bye thank you. cheers bye bye